0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of editorial with Information Security Media Group. Welcome to our executive session series of interviews with security leaders. I'm speaking today with Art Gilliland, CEO of Skyport Systems. This is part two of a two-part interview. In the first part, we talked about what's wrong with how organizations are approaching security today and how we change that fundamental approach. In this part, we talk about the 2016 outlook, the threats that concern him the most, where we're going to find the next generation of security professionals to respond to these threats, and the advice he would offer to this upcoming class of cybersecurity leaders. Let's begin the interview now, talking about the 2016 outlook. So if we talk about the industry for a bit here, you know, in technology and security, we love to do SWOT analyses. If you were to look at the security industry today, what do you see as the top strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, instead of threats, I'm going to say challenges?
1: So, I mean, I think as, a, as an industry, one of the things that I am really excited about, there's a lot of innovation and a lot of very, very smart people that are uh, not only in the industry already, but coming into the industry. I think the other thing is the people that are here in the space and have been here a long time, they do it because they love it, and so they're passionate about it. It's a little bit like a calling, and it doesn't mean that there aren't mercenaries that have moved their way in because security is hot. But there's a lot of us that are here because it matters to us, and we think we're doing something more than just building and selling software. The other thing that's a strength is the level of focus that it's getting from very senior people and organizations. When, When the President of the United States uses security as one of the platforms they talk about, and cybersecurity in particular, and my grandmother, uh, knows and talks about security. It means the awareness is high enough that we probably have a shot at making some more fundamental and more complicated changes to what the way we're doing it to be more safe. And I think that is definitely one of the strengths that we have uh, as an industry. Uh, on the weaknesses, I think we've started out, uh, with a platform that we start with inherently vulnerable. And I think inherently vulnerable then leads to sort of what I would call ad hoc ways of trying to secure it. Um, Because security is not designed in from the beginning or not designed into the platforms from the beginning. We do security in an ad hoc way and we bolt things on and wrap it around. That's a pretty significant weakness for us as an industry. This concept of, of, you know, adding an agent after the fact or, Putting a firewall at the edge uh, of the network, while effective for certain things, it's not the full answer. And I think that that approach is failing us, and that, uh, I think, is, is a weakness. I think the other weakness is we are at a structural disadvantage in most organizations versus the adversary. And what I mean by that is the adversary themselves is a profit center. They make money from it. I think some of the latest news around J.P. Morgan that I thought was so interesting was this concept of, you know, hackers hire. higher. Uh, That's something I've been talking about for a long time. It's a market ecosystem that we're competing against. And that market is making a lot of profit and money. And so they invest in it like a profit center. And then for most companies, security is a cost center. And so the level of investment on our side is much less. And I think that structural imbalance is a, is a major weakness for us. Opportunities we have, I think, right now are that that there's there is so much focus. When the board of directors and the CEO are paying attention to this problem, the amount of resource or amount of care that can be given to uh, sort of a transition, a, a shift, is there. There there is now potentially a willingness to replatform for security, and I think that bodes well for us because there are new concepts and new ideas, whether it's these CASB sort of of cloud access broker models for how you secure things that you're consuming from the outside or the sort of ideas around compartmentalizing workloads like what Skyport is doing on the inside. There are new architectures that uh, potentially can be adopted now instead of just continuing to waste money on the old ways. And so I think that is a good opportunity and I think there's, because there's so much focus on it, there's a lot of investments, whether it's venture capital investment or large company investment, going into trying to invent ways to really change and really uh, help stop the adversary. Um, and so I think that those are opportunities for us to actually do it. I think the threats uh, that we have is, one is inertia. This is the way I've always done it, and I think that's a threat to security because, you know, the way I've always done it clearly is not working, but it's comfortable, and there's a lot of legacy investment that's been there. But that sunk cost has already failed, so it's it, you either can continue to fail and just decide that that's what you're going to do, or you can try to do something new. And I think, candidly, the fact that the ecosystem is market-based, uh, that we're competing against, this sort of threat adversary, market-based threat adversary, that's a humongous threat to us because the amount of money you can get in a relatively safe and secure way is so extraordinarily high that I think the the likelihood that there'll be more and more investment on their side to to try to beat the existing systems is is going to continue for the for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a finance or a staffing issue for the adversary, does there?
1: There doesn't. And if you look you know, again back into the JP Morgan threat, this because it's been in the news somewhat recently, it was a small handful of people that basically orchestrated the whole thing, right? When when five to 10 people can make hundreds of millions of dollars doing uh, relatively rudimentary attacks on a big company, it doesn't go well, right? And I think that, because that kind of return for the amount of effort that had to go in, let's say they spent a million dollars, but they made hundreds of millions. And that 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 kind of return is, is massively motivating to, you know, somebody in uh, in a country that uh, doesn't have the same opportunities that we do. Even in the U.S., that would be a pretty compelling motivation for someone who had, you know, less than sterling morals.
0: So, Art, as you look toward 2016, what are the security threats that concern you the most?
1: You know, what's, what's so crazy about this space is that most of the big attacks are not some fancy zero-day um type of attack. It's not something that was invented and and sort of discovered deep into the guts of the software that nobody knew about. It's basic stuff. If you look at last year's number one sort of attack vulnerability was a Microsoft vulnerability that had existed for five years, that had had a patch out for almost four and a half years. But the number of malware that was written to attack that vulnerability not only was the highest over the whole year, but it increased every month which means that it was working <laughs> um, because it's a market system, right? So they only invest in things that work. And so what my fear is for 2016 is that they continue to attack the same stuff we already knew existed and we don't do anything about it. That sort of legacy tale of uh, older, out-of-date systems, the failure of our organizations to do the basics correctly, is i think the thing that's most concerning to me uh in 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 terms of uh, of the industry and it's it's the fact that our companies struggle so much under the weight of what they've done that they can't even do the basics of security correctly because it's the basics that will actually matter it's patching your system it's updating the environment it's controlling the policies more effectively it's just the environment that we have is so complicated because of the way in which we sort of wrap security around it, we can't do it correctly. And that's why we're failing. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that most concerns me. Um, on the other side, obviously, you know, there, I, I'm not, I, I am, yes, are there going to be sort of terrorist kinds of attacks in cyber? I, I believe that's going to happen. Are there going to be, uh, you know, more IOT kinds of attacks? Uh, yes. But I think the reality is it's, the things that concern me most is it's the easy stuff and how easy it is to break in, how easy it is to steal, how easy it is to be disruptive. Um, that's more concerning to me than someone figuring out the you know a super sophisticated zero-day.
0: Now, Art, some people would respond that the, one of their biggest challenges they just don't have the personnel, that they've got open security positions they can't find, qualified personnel. Yep. Uh, one, how concerned are you about the staffing shortage, and where do you believe we're going to find? the next generation of security yep. professionals to help us respond to these threats?
1: It's absolutely one of the first things that I talk about with a lot of CISOs is the fact that they can't find the people they need or they're having to steal the people that they need from other places. And so the, the cost of those people is uh, rapidly increasing. I, I, we did research at my last company about the skilled gap what we saw was that there was a 40% skills gap at the sort of worker B level, of, uh, the entry level sort of IT security functions, um, which is striking. You think about sort of four out of 10 jobs goes unfilled even though they, they're there's a the job open because you can't get that people. The thing that was more striking to me was the the, the supervisor and senior level skills gap was 60%. And so if you're looking for a CISO or you're looking for the people that actually build and drive the policy and train the younger people, that is even more at, at a limited availability. And so, you know, the likelihood that companies are going to be able to catch up to it is not high. And so I think the, the, the thing, again, this comes back to sort of why these new architectures are so important and this convergence of technologies is so important. If you go to an average large company They've got, uh, you know, probably 40, 30, 40 vendors in the security space that they have to work with and about, you know, some somewhere between 50 and 150 distinct products. That is a human resource nightmare. So not only do you have to configure and manage all those systems independently, but those systems aren't designed to work together typically, and so you're having to stitch them all together. And that's why there's such a skills gap, if we could bring these technologies closer together, converge them, whether it's in a system like Skyports where we converge a lot of security functionality into a wrapper around, you need a lot fewer people and if we can make it easier and make those systems work together, then we have a shot at it. But I think you've got to solve it from both ways. One is there's a bunch of folks going into cybersecurity education, there's a bunch of colleges now that are doing these and uh, my old company was very good at investing in that. Uh, HP did a lot of uh, scholarships and investing in curriculum with large in- enterprises. But then you also have to come at it from the other way, and we've got to make technologies like the Skyport System Server be a lot more easy to use and a lot simpler to manage and, and cover a lot more of the functionality we need so that you need fewer people. So you add more people and you need fewer people with the new solutions, and I, that's the way you solve this.
0: All right. A few minutes ago, you talked about President Obama's paying attention to cybersecurity. We've got a presidential election coming up. What form of cybersecurity leadership do you believe we need to see from our candidates for that job?
1: I, I think there needs to be a very strong interest in it. It is the next field of war for companies. I, mean, I don't. I don't think there, you're you're going to see just sort of two types of conflict in in the future. You're going to see sort of terrorist conflict like we have, and that will be sort of a physical conflict that we're doing in the world, and you'll see cyber conflict. And so I think the president, whoever is going to be running for office, needs to have a keen understanding of what that means for the country and what that means for the organizations and what that means in terms of how they protect their economic and industrial base. The government is there essentially to protect the economic interests of the United States. And um, those economic interests are are obviously international, but also they need to protect the domestic companies. And so I think a presidential candidate or anyone who we would nominate needs to have a keen understanding that those are are going to be the two realms of conflict and that they need to be allocating resources and thought leadership and and investment in, in helping to make sure that we're prepared for that.
0: So is it time for us to start asking our presidential candidates what their cybersecurity platform is?
1: I, I think so. I mean, it's interesting you start looking at the debate. They do, they are starting to talk about cyber. I think in this early part of the debate, you see a lot more sort of fantastical statements, uh, in particular on the Republican side. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, we should be. I mean, it is, it's an important part of what they're going to be doing. It's an important part of, uh, international relations. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's absolutely a part of and has been for a long time of espionage. Uh, and so, you know, having a cybersecurity policy and somebody who really understands the, the dynamics behind what's going on, I think is going to be critical for, for how we approach the future.
0: All right. We've touched on so much in this conversation from Skyport Systems to the staffing shortage to the new approach to security. Uh, talking about your role as CEO of Skyport Systems, what would you say are sort of the key career experiences that have prepared you for this mission
1: you're on now? For this job in particular, because of the stage of company we're in, you know, we shipped the product about three months ago. Uh, we are uh, in the early build. I think my background as a as a product leader and a product person helps me understand sort of where we are in the technology and what the problem is and how we do that. Um, I think my more recent roles actually operating businesses uh, has absolutely helped me do what I would call the day-to-day job. Of it, um, w- one of the things that I that I also really uh, respected and liked about my last uh, employer, Hewlett Packard, is I was also allowed to participate in the policy enforcement and how we protected ourselves, in partnering with the CISO there, and that gave me also a much keener understanding for what our customers have to go through, and how complicated that environment is, uh, and their environments are, especially for large uh, multinationals, and I think. That, that empathy of sort of how difficult this job is combined with sort of my focus on trying to solve problems uh, and operate is, I think, some of the the big things. And I really, you know, thank uh, Hugh Packard for a lot of the experiences they gave me to do that. So
0: I look back on the last year or so. We certainly saw you leave HP. We saw Malcolm Harkins go on from Intel. Art Covey, left RSA. If you could yep. offer a piece of advice to the next generation of security leaders, what would you tell them?
1: I think the big thing that our customers need right now is a focus on the whole system and what I mean by that is there's there's a lot of bit pieces and parts that can be solved right? and you see that sort of generated a lot. I think in my industry we're really, really good at creating ideas that become features of something else but what I would love to see the new leaders do, think more systematically about how you're going to solve it. And one of the ways that you can do that, in my opinion, is really, really pay attention to what the adversary does. Understand what their motivation is, understand what their process is, and build solutions that make that either disrupt their motivation and or uh, break their process the more that we can think about this as a systems problem, uh, the way their system works and how we can essentially make their system less effective and less efficient uh, and, and potentially break it, the better off our customers will be. And so instead of just trying to focus on a point this or point that or feature X, uh, really think about sort of the whole system and what needs to be brought together to do that. And I think if the new leaders and the new sort of leaders that are growing up and running some of these businesses for, for larger companies and, and in the startup world can think that way, um, I think we'll be a lot more effective at, at stopping the bad guys.
0: Art, right, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much.
1: It was my pleasure, Tom. Thank you very much for the time.
0: As part of our Executive Sessions interview series, I've been speaking with Art Gilliland, CEO. Of Skyport Systems. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.